Hey what's up nerdies, English Dave here for the Nerdy Bunch with our part 2 of our Back to the Future for American Psycho. This was released in um, 2000, starring Christian Bale, directed by Mary Harron. If you haven't seen part 1, we discussed the movie in general. Uh, we have a general discussion for the movie, check out part 1. And in part 2, we're going to go a deep dive into the film itself, breaking down uh, all the, the, the three acts and the various scenes. I'm here with my co-hosts Mercedes and Rocket Mike. What's up everybody? Hey yo. Um, American Psycho, the synopsis is as follows. A wealthy New York City investment banker executive, Patrick Bateman, hides his alternate alternate psychopathic ego from his co-workers and friends as he delves deeper into his violent hedonistic fantasies. Um, we've already mentioned in part one that we really enjoyed this movie, and so we're going to go down into why. But for those listeners, I have to get into, uh, I have to get into uh, the right mind frame. I'm putting on my uh, jacket because, you know, I've got to be a businessman. Oh, wow. <laughs> there we go. You know, now I feel, I feel the part. It's fitted. There we go. Valentino. There you go, seated and booted. All right, now we can go into it. Um, <laughs> the movie, the movie has an interesting start. Um, I want to talk to you, Sadie's. It it opens up, kind of giving us, um, letting us know not only what Patrick is like, but the world in which Patrick inha- inhib- inhibits or inhabits. What inhabits? Yeah, inhabits. Um, which it is to like this fancy restaurant and the business guys is super everything like that. But then we kind of start seeing hints of Patrick's nature at the club. Um, There's just that whole opening sequence introducing to, introduction to Patrick and, you know, his fellow workers. Sadie's, what do you think? Um, I love that scene because, like, the whole time you're just like, oh, everything seems kind of normal, but you're like, something's off here. So you're not really sure how to put your finger on it. And obviously, like, all of that unfolds later into the film. But I loved kind of the realness but also the ultra fakeness of that whole scene where there was nobody just and nobody was really connecting with each other but how he was able to kind of like see through all of that at mm-hmm. the same time i agree i agree and like you said it, it, it starts to give us hints again if you didn't know where this film was going you you'll pick up on things that this isn't quite right but then you start you know it'll make sense in hindsight uh, mike we get into patrick's daily routine he's a perfectionist in every way <laughs> and, and this is kind of like where you start to see a little bit of the psychotic nature of him already you know mm-hmm. the fact that he goes into that much detail great that you take care of yourself but it is almost at an obsessively psychotic way because mm-hmm. it also this is also where it resembles the book which i tried reading probably mm-hmm. like twice and it is it gets into that much detail literally you go like through 50 pages in and he hasn't even reached his office yet no. it's it's so <laughs> so detailed and so drug out wow. but at least that at least um you start to get more of like an inside of his mind he is very detail oriented brands matter uh the best of everything matters um and that's like again it goes back into how much he cares about himself mm-hmm. and how everyone else cares about themselves not much about each other each other and even the scene uh, later on he, he tells his his secretary don't wear the outfit again you know like telling her what to wear yeah. how she should yeah. dress you know don't do this around himself. me yeah. yeah right right um we introduced to his fiance played by reese witherspoon um fun fact one of the reasons she and many other actors were put in this film is because this, the studio felt Christian Bale wasn't enough of a name and they surrounded him with named actors at the time. So Reese Witherspoon places his um, his fiance, And I like this relationship because he does not give a shit about her. 
in any, yeah. in any way. And she ignores it too. Right. She's like a coffee table of that relationship. Like, right? or no, she's the coffee table book of that yes. relationship. Like right. nobody even touches the book. We're just, oh, that's nice. It's you look there. At it. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Like he's like, I just want to listen to my Robert Palmer tape. He doesn't want to listen to her. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And then it's established later on, you know, like everybody's cheating with everybody and nobody cares. It's like everyone sleeps that's with everyone like, else. That's Wall Street finance though. That's right. That shit hasn't changed at all like mm-hmm. any of those guys like when you see them at clubs it's like didn't you guys nothing you didn't learn anything from this movie at all right <laughs> um one of the aspects i like about it you know when he's having a dinner with with all the other guys and they start talking all this shit and he gives this very thoughtful speech about you know about um, yeah about uh uh, uh what's, the, what's the word i'm looking for about um, just like society e- equality really. and society oh yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah this is a nice guy <laughs> mm-hmm. but then you know in hindsight you realize no, this is just the face he puts on to be this guy. You know, like a lot of people post this like rhetoric all the time as if they're these good people, but really they're not. You know, and it gives you an insight to that world. I thought that was an right. interesting addition. No one really buys it either. It's kind no. of like, oh, I mean, how touching, I, Patrick. It's what we see now, but at least now people expo- are exposed easier for what they are because we have social media mm-hmm. and there's yeah. easier things to like catch them in their like little like, wait, you're not actually a nice person. Whereas this person, Patrick, would have definitely went under the radar because there isn't Facebook or, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't able to post a meme about his political mm-hmm. views this week. And someone will say, oh, I had dinner with him. He did say some nice stuff. And it's like, yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> He's saying him. it for you guys. You don't really know him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, you don't really know him. He didn't do that. You right. weren't there last week. Though that's the same conversation. He's talking to the woman and she's like, what do you do? And he's, what does he say? He's like uh, murders in it. And, and executions. Like, yeah. And executions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like and she's mergers like, and <laughs> accusations or... Um, Mergers and acquisitions. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm accusing exactly. you. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, when he's talking to that lady, it also shows you again how she doesn't care because she, she, in her head, she's already finished off the sentence when he yeah. actually says murders and, and executions. And then what I like is that they're talking to each other as if they're going to like spend the night with each other. And then we cut, boom, next shot, laundromat, clean my sheets. Mm-hmm. And I thought this movie does a fantastic, because, you know, going to this movie, I thought this was a movie that's full of, I mean, when I originally saw it was like a slasher film, constant murders you're seeing on screen. Yeah. But you barely see murders. But I love how this is done because a lot's implied and you're like, oh, she did. <laughs> yeah. They, they, it's a lot of imagination, which is what I loved about the film. You're yeah. right. There isn't a lot of gore at all. But it's just like, oh, he definitely like. Didn't need right. it, though. No, you don't need it. It's just like, can you clean my sheets? She's like, what is that? Uh... <laughs> cranberry juice. Cran up. Cranberry juice. <laughs> my girlfriend had her period. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, this one introduced to, um, uh, what's his, I forget his first name, but his last name is Alan, played by Jared Leto. Um, oh, Jared. It's almost supposed to be another version of Patrick, right? Maybe a younger version to kind of, you know, and instantly you know, when he comes with his business, because just before this, you know, Patrick showed off his business card and then suddenly Paul Allen comes with his better business card. So the whole business card scene and introduction to Paul Allen, Mike, thoughts? Yeah. Oh, well, for one, it's like, okay, now you're already seeing the competition and status between the, you know, everyone that's in his circle. And of course, it like starts with business card. He thinks he's already the champion. Just got this the other day. Boom, boom. Everyone's pulling out there. Paul Allen comes in and just dominates everybody. Right. Um, and it's also now also where you see he mistakes Patrick for somebody else and mm-hmm. Patrick's just going along with it. And he's like, we're all pretty much the same guy. Mm-hmm. In fact, they like, they, he's like, we went, we go to the same barber, we go to the same tailor. 
Um, he's got the same glasses as I do. And he's like, but I have a slightly better haircut. You know, again, trying to one up every time. It's very Trumpian. You know, mm -hmm. it's like I'm supposed to be the better person than anyone else in this room. Um, and it's just like it, it sets the stage of the theme for the rest of the movie of that. No one really knows anybody else but themselves. And it's just an, always an assumption. And no one really, no one cares. It's again, it's just self-empowerment, self-entitlement, me, me, me. Yeah. You, you know, you hit, you hit the nail on the head perfectly earlier on when you said about they're so similar. And so I think it makes the, the, the business card seem that much more powerful because that's the only way they feel they can be different. Is to have you know because they're so right. similar the only reason that little, little, like, bit, little yeah. bit difference is the business card and even the little things like um alan being able to get a a, a reservation to dorsey on a friday night it's like oh shit this is the one place you must be the yeah. man in order to get you know a, 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 that's a, like trying to get into emp now 11 madison park if yeah. somebody was like <laughs> oh, yeah, oh yeah. you got a reservation at 11 madison park oh what, yeah. wait who do you know on a friday exactly. night <laughs> on a friday <laughs> What? Um, I like. I think that scene is so awesome, the business card scene, because it still like holds up to this day with the principles and like what that scene actually means with a whole bunch of people trying to one up each other. I mean, and when this movie first came out, what did we have? MySpace. So it was everybody's MySpace accounts and who who can make their MySpace page better, right? With all the URLs. And as time went on, it, it turned into this whole thing. And now it's not business cards or MySpace pages. It's who's who's got the better cell phone. You know, whose cell phone can send when Blackberries were the, e the how many emails. followers so do you have? Yeah, and now it's an Instagram yeah. account. Yeah. Um, because there's always going to be something like everybody is almost all the same, especially when you go into that sort of, you know, who, who wants to be an influencer, who wants to work in finance, who wants to work in fashion. There are those people are kind of the same. They fit mm -hmm. kind of like a, I don't want to say stereotype, but there's a character that an archetype, fits. Right? An archetype. There we go. An archetype. So when, as the, like this movie and that scene goes along, you see that those archetypes still haven't changed because people are still so thirsty to like be different, but to be exactly the same. Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, this is what we see, truly see, uh, you know, the, the, the psychotic nature of Patrick. When you think at first he's going to help the homeless man, and he just kills him, just stabs him, you know, like, and, and it plays the idea that nobody cares about the, the, the poor homeless, homeless. People, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm going to kill someone to get away with it because I'm this rich white guy. Yeah. I can do it. Um, he makes plans to, to kind of uh, get together with, with Alan and because Alan keeps calling him Marcus. And I love the fact that he <laughs> takes him to a random restaurant. It's actually a good plan. Take him to a random restaurant, say a different name. So everyone thinks, the, you know, it helps the alibi. It's right? a genius yeah. plan. He's <laughs> called like, this dude Marcus this whole time. I'm not Marcus. Right. When Alan Keep was going like, with it. what's this, what's this place? There's nobody here. And it's like, yeah, nobody knows about it yet. <laughs> it's just, like, <laughs> <laughs> just this average Mexican restaurant. Right. That's but, all you have to say too. Like nobody knows about it. It's, just, it's, it's quiet. On we're, the in, we're on the end. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's filling up soon. Uh, but again, you, again, you see a bit of Patrick's nature come out more when he gets mad at, at the waiter when he tries to offer them the special. You know, little things come out like that. They start coming out. You know, you know, Mike, you've worked in the, in a, that that business before. I'm sure having idiot um, patrons like that is the worst. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's for one, yeah. There's there's never a time when they're going to be the first ones to talk. You know, you try to be human, say hello, and then it's just, just nothing. It's just kind of like, get this, get it done, or else, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and especially the last job I had in bartending, it's just, they these guys just slam drinks because mm -hmm. they work in finance, and then um, it is all about entitlement, and you try to cut somebody off, and then they feel like they're being harassed, mm -hmm. you know. It's quite opposite. But 
that's just uh, I'm about to get into a long road. You guys stop me now. <laughs> um, we get one. Of I keep most... serving drinks. I'm like, y'all can get alcohol. Alcohol poisoning. <laughs> I'm not dealing with that. Go Sorry. ahead. Just pay me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we get, exactly. We get to one of the most famous uh, scenes in the whole movie. Um, this went. Uh, Patrick kills Alan to the tune of Huey Lewis and the News. Yeah. Once again, uh, <laughs> I loved all the scenes every time Patrick explains his love for music and various musicians. I think that's just a weird character feature that I really, really like. But Mike, let's talk about that that sequence of killing Alan and the little, you know, dance routine, putting the clothes on and everything. <laughs> Why do I? It's so, I, I hate to say how fun to watch that is. Great. Because you could tell he could not wait. He had everything set up for the day. He laid out the newspaper, spread out all of his furniture had the axe already set up, had the raincoat ready. So that way he's like, oh, I don't want to ruin my good suit, but I also right. want to wear it when I do this. I want to wear my favorite thing. And I want to be able to <laughs> like listen to my favorite album in my favorite play. Like this is his day. You know, this is his moment. Trying to normalize murdering mm -hmm. somebody. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to put on my favorite clothes. Yeah, this is like his dance party, do, but do, do, just do, murder somebody. Yeah. It's totally normal what I'm doing, yeah. but not the act of what I'm doing. His little, and, moon, his little moon walk. Yeah. <laughs> David, I think you hit it on the head when like every time he goes into those speeches about music, it is like an alien pretending to be human mm -hmm. and that they know so much about stuff that we like that it's like no one should know this much detail right about huey lewis in the news you know and like and, who, who speaks about this stuff? Like, uh, even yeah, if you yeah, like music exactly. and stuff you don't speak like that trying to music, pretend you know? to be normal like you do this dude yeah. fantasizes about murdering people normal people people that haven't even accosted him so like he, he knows he's got stuff to work on which is why he's sitting there like i'm fine it's cool. <laughs> he does he take something. He, he takes some kind of pill too. I don't know what it was, but yeah, like probably Xanax or like yeah. Oxy before they put the regulations on it. <laughs> and then Mike, your, your background right now, you know, when he's killing him, he's just going swinging at him. Just his face. Yeah. I love his face. Like he's like, yeah, <laughs> he's having the great time. This is, the this great is so t totally normal. Like you guys don't murder people in your living room. Like what? You're missing out. Like I think this it. is yeah. this is one of the scenes that really showcases christian bale's ability in this film i think you know one of the reasons this film works is because of his acting and this is one of the if you're going to showcase uh segments of his best acting in this film this is one of the scenes you would show because i think other actors could have made this scene really corny there's a yeah. fine there's a fine line it could have just been like really it could have broken me out of the film completely yeah and i think he, he balances it well it really uh, this ends too, too much in a comedy as well as yeah I say, you know? exactly yeah. exactly he gets it just right in fact i think um i was reading somewhere that the the writer of the book wasn't so sure about the scene on paper, but then seeing it afterwards, it's like, okay, you know, yeah, I, I don't mind. I did don't write, mind it. yeah, yeah. It definitely uh, does. It matters about the performance. Like yes. you got to have the right amount of crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, this takes us to the second act. Um, Alan goes to, um, I'm not sorry, Patrick goes to Alan's house to make, you know, he has a plan to make it look like you know he went, he went on vacation, and this is where uh, we get Detective Kimball arrive, played by um, what's his Will name? Defoe by Willem Dafoe. Mercedes, I want to talk to you about Willem Dafoe's. I, I love how this introduction is because you think he's a cop that knows everything, right? You, 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 uh -huh. think, <laughs> you, you think that he's someone that knows what he's doing. What did you think of Willem Dafoe? Dr. Osborne? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, Willem I'm Dafoe is Willem Dafoe is great. I mean, he's great in almost everything that he does. And I love the fact that he's just like not buying it like at all. He's not buying it. He knows something's up and he just can't put his finger on it. But because this person, Patrick, plays, you know, 
perfect almost too well he can't like put his finger on it mm -hmm. but i just love that whole interaction between the two of them it's just two great scenes of acting yeah. so yeah I, I, like, I like where alan i mean patrick has to pretend like he's on a phone call <laughs> you know that's like, mm -hmm. like oh yeah i'll get jack to you <laughs> i love that um <laughs> yeah this one's good too much for your time yeah <laughs> right <laughs> he's playing along too it is yeah. a very much like they're they're yeah, playing like they have, this game they're playing with each, each other, other. Mm -hmm. yeah. he's like okay I'll wait. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm so sorry. Right. Can I get you anything? Are you sure you don't want anything? No, I'm fine, really. I've got a meeting with Mr. With Mr. Huxtable. Dr. Huxtable, yeah. I was like, wait, what? What? <laughs> I was like, wait, did you just name drop the Cosby Show? The Cosby Show, yep. Yeah. But that, again, that's what plays into the whole alien thing, right? He thinks that's a, that's a cool thing. Yeah, I have a meeting with uh, Dr. Hospital. Huxtable. That's um, not a real person. <laughs> Uh, we get our, our scene with the another famous scene with the hookers and um while talking about phil collins apparently none of them know who phil collins is and that whole sex scene on talk to you mike what do you think about that the whole you know showing his muscles <laughs> i mean again <laughs> ego going back with his head i'm Very pretty sure men still do that <laughs> oh yeah who hasn't tried that you know kind of like eh, okay. i was like yeah, I work a little bit more. yeah um i read somewhere that um Bale and the director studied porn to make sure that scene was done really well. Well, like, they did well. What are you, do, what are you doing today? I'm studying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, like, that's see, and I feel like this was the glimpse of like us realizing like the crazy commitment that Bale has to like a role. Cause like Hollywood didn't know like how in this guy was for all of his roles in the future that we would hear about. But like, this was just the beginning and he's probably calling the director to be like, so we should study this porn scene. And the director's like, <laughs> Um, you, that's really not necessary, Mr. Bit. No, no, no. I want the authenticity. I'll be there in 15. Click. Yes, right. <laughs> Just coming up with like 15 porn videotapes. Here we go. He's like, where do we start? Where do, which one do you right. want to start with? And, and Mike, you spoke on this on our previous podcast. You know, I like how the scene plays out because it does start off very sensual and sexy. And it's like, then eat her ass. Like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it just goes to 100 <laughs> like who said that's not sensual to some people maybe that's sexy you know <laughs> it's a scene that he's played off in it's like i'm gonna call you christy or something you know yeah. it's like you're gonna be lauren uh, you know i'm butchering the name but he's like you're all gonna play something that i've had this in my mind for a while again he's very detailed he has thought about this over and over and he is directing this he is the director of this sex scene that he is about to take <laughs> and star in now he sets up the camera exactly where he wants it gets the focus right you know has the mirror already set up you know he has and some practice exactly yeah <laughs> start dancing work your way into it and then gets to it you know right. um one of my favorite next scenes is uh when he meets uh lewis in the bathroom in an attempt to kill him because before that we get the the guys all talking about what what makes a good woman with good personalities which oh that scene it shows you the nature of those guys, like mm. in a bubble, in, in in just one in the microcosm, and and you didn't get enough love as a kid, right? It's like that. <laughs> it's like that. But I love the scene. Say, I'll talk to you. Or when she he goes to the bathroom to try and kill Lewis, because Lewis brings his own business card, and then Lewis <laughs> thinks he's he's hitting on him. <laughs> he's like he's like Bateman, not here. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, so like long. that shit has happened before. Like, right. oh, you know, we don't do this here. Like, we have to go somewhere else, darling. Well, it's like I think Raven said, it's like being gay saved his life <laughs> because that's how right? insecure Patrick is. So insecure that he can't even murder this guy who, who thinks he's trying to hit on him. 
right because Patrick is so caught off guard and it's just like whoa I just had sex with a woman kissing my own muscles I'm definitely not into you I'm just trying to slit your throat like two different things and then he can't explain that either like what are you supposed to say like no dude I I just wanted to kill you and not Mm -hmm. suck your dick Mm -hmm. like mm, Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna go and that's the end he's like you could still (laughs) murder this ass (laughs) (laughs) Um, exactly you're like wait whoa 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 even afterwards and patrick runs away he's like patrick call me and patrick's like (laughs) 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 which i love because again it's one of the few times you see patrick completely the weak one right yep that's his kryptonite you just gotta throw a dick in front of patrick and patrick is like oh um one of my favorite scenes is the guys taking cocaine in the bathroom Uh, it just it's just I i feel like that's a very much a picture of the 1980s business world, right? It's like, yes. were you even a businessman if you didn't take cocaine to the bathroom? Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I mean, when you look at the bathroom, now they just they hide do. it. Now they actually go in the stall and do it. But <laughs> right. before in the 80s, like it was a free for all. People were just like, hey, what's up? Right. You good? You good? You want some? <laughs> you want some? Like, we're not doing this today. Now, you know, people have the courtesy to close the bathroom stall behind them when they go to the bars right. and clubs. So sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike has a flashback moment, right? The worst is when people get like upset when you walk into the bathroom and they're doing coke, and it's like you should have been in the stall. Like this isn't your house. They're like, (laughs) (laughs) bitch, get in the bathroom. What are you doing in here? You know, and then that's where um uh, um he meets another woman. I think this is the murders and executions woman, and it cuts to boom. He's holding her hair in the office again. I love that. He just cuts to her holding a hand. Your brain is like, yep, she did. <laughs> she definitely, she definitely well, got killed. <laughs> and he keep, it's he like he keeps trophies. Piece. You know, he keeps a trophy. That's, how crazy is he? Like, he's just like when she was more. sleeping. Just... He's a real serial killer. Like, because <laughs> like, serial killers actually keep trophies. They want to remember that. Mm-hmm. The kills. Uh, Sadie, I want to talk to you about, um, he goes on a date with his secretary, uh, Jean. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he he pretends. I like I like how he pretends to call Dorcia, and they're like, "We don't have any res- reservations." And he's like, "Okay, good. I'll see you tonight." <laughs> <laughs> he's pretending. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and 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 you know, he wants to kill her, and then he ha- kind of has his he changes has a change of heart. What do you think of Jean? Because for me, Jean is someone she's very lucky because I just feel like she's an idiot because she's she's like, "Oh, I can stay if you want. I don't mind doing that." So I'm like, a murderer had to force you out of his house. Yeah, because then he was like, you're making it too easy, bro. Like, it was like, imagine like a gazelle and the lion, and then the gazelle was like, take me. And the lion would be like, nah, she probably got a disease or something. I'm just going to go get a healthy one. This is, mm -mm. it's true. It's like bears don't eat things that are dead. Like predators don't like, and so he's a true predator in a sense. And like the whole time in Gene, this whole movie's just been doing a little too much, you know, with the whole outfits and trying so hard with work. And so I think she kind of plays upon his whole, I think she kind of touches his feelings a little bit into the, mm. where it annoys him. Not where she touches his feelings where he's like, oh, okay, you kill me more. It's too I easy think for just, Yeah, it's just like, uh, yeah, you're, yeah, no, I'd just rather pick somebody else. So I think he wants the thrill of like taking it from like all the people that he does kill, the people that are like these vain, um, you know, materialistic people. And Jean, to a sense, is just is not materialistic and she's just doing this a means to an end. Like this, mm. she's trying to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely takes him out of his, you know, it's not, takes him out of the, his comfort zone, his fun, fun of it. Like, mm-hmm. no, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick has a second lunch with a detective and who lets him know that apparently 
he 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 has an alibi and he was somewhere and he's like wait what okay he's like, you were there too apparently people said yes. you were there and he's like yes i was there too and and it plays on like you said mike at the beginning it plays on the idea that everybody is just the same as everybody you yes. know they're all pawns and no one can tell the difference even the detective you know i mentioned the last podcast that the way um uh, william defoe's character was written the director had William Dafoe play the, each scene three times. The first time, he'd play as if he knows for sure Patrick is the bad guy. Second time, he plays as if he's not quite sure Patrick's a bad guy. And the third time, plays as if he has no idea that Patrick is involved at all. And in editing, she would pick and choose which which version they would do. That's why his character comes across very kind of like wobbly. But I kind of I kind of like it. It adds kind of a character trait to him in a weird way. It does. And it helps with like the whole like, the, obviously the ending in the big aha so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i love that part of it um patrick goes back to the prostitute who's reluctant when she's like i had to go to the hospital and get uh, stitches last time i was like damn how far did you take things and why are you going back to this guy oh you? that's right <laughs> people go do whatever they can for money right um he coerces her into a threesome with his one of his good friends by you know drugging them up which leads to our very first one of our first on-screen kills mike after like i don't know what he does to his friend evelyn he starts like biting her down oh, yeah. or something does he like yeah, bite her he, like, <laughs> exactly because then you come up and he's got you know blood all over his face and right I, the first time i watched it i'm like is that a piece of skin hanging out of his mouth yeah, it's not, we don't need to keep talking about it <laughs> yeah. i couldn't As tell female in the podcast i was like yeah. what we and don't so talk about biting <laughs> no mm-hmm. biting vaginas no biting penises nope. no <laughs> nope 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 and- nope Right and and uh, and I love when she makes fun of him for liking Whitney Houston. <laughs> <laughs> like he cute. loves Whitney Houston, like super oh, passionate. Whitney Houston album. <laughs> like, what? Although I think it's hilarious that he does love Whitney Houston, like American right? Psycho, Patrick Bateman, Whitney Houston, Huey Lewis on the news. But the thing is, he 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 says to the detective, cool. "I don't like Huey Lewis because he's too black sounding for me." Like, he, so he doesn't want to admit that he likes it. You know, he's that person <laughs> that he likes black stuff and culture and music. He just doesn't want to do it. But nobody can know about like it. it. Yeah, <laughs> and you know when you know the hot, you know the, the the woman smartly runs away, but she doesn't do the smart stuff. She stays on the inside of the staircase. Always go on the outside of the staircase, because that's how Patrick. It's like he's never her. been chased by a chainsaw before, right? Yeah. Right. That was a cool way to kill someone. Dropping the chainsaw. I mean, that's good I'm timing. Though, also that like you know she's trying to bang on all the neighbors' doors, right? And Nobody everyone's knows. ignoring this. Shit. I'm like, oh, our neighbor, you hear a chainsaw outside, right? Like if you would hear, thank you, Mike. Thank you for bringing that up. Like I, I think I will call someone, but I am not stepping outside. I'm just you're, saying, you, you're New Yorkers, New Yorkers, peeking like, through the, right? you know, the door. Like, you are right out there. Especially New Yorkers, no, New Yorkers. No, New Yorkers would be like, shh, be quiet, so no one knows we're in here. <laughs> you know, be quiet in your house. <laughs> like, damn. And don't, we don't want to help them. them. Don't let them know we're home. <laughs> right. That's so true, though. Um, mind you, we mind our business, man. Right, right. Um, so true. I love what he tries to tell um, his fiance the truth over dinner. He's even drawing, you know, doodling the yeah. murder he just did. And she's just <laughs> like, oh, no, you're okay. Don't worry about it. Like, she doesn't want to hear it. And then we get a little sense, you know, Mike and I talked about it on the previous podcast. We get a, a little hint that um, Patrick's father owns the company. And it's one of the reasons why she probably um, um, likes him and anything like that. I thought it was, I thought very interesting that she just doesn't care like everyone else doesn't care. Um, which takes us to our next scene when Patrick leaves. They say he's cut off. She out. I think she might, sure. have cut, might have accidentally cut Better off. Their phone died. I think. Yeah, phone probably died. But Mike, we will carry on going. We will hold on hold on to this uh, this team. Uh, where am I? Da, 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 da. Yeah, and this is where, you know, 
the murder spree happens. Patrick has finally gone crazy. Uh, he tries to kill a cat. And the old lady's like, what are you doing? Kills a cat. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ATM is just like feed cat into ATM, you know? <laughs> right? now, now, that's when you know you're heading into something a little bit more, you know, not even like, yeah, fictional, but now it's going into a, a more psychological game, you know? Mm, exactly, exactly. I think, I think what, what it is in this scene is that you start to slowly see finally Patrick's being fully unraveled. You know, he's seeing <laughs> things like the ATM t- talking to him and things like that. Or, you know, when he's, he's, he's killing everyone, he, go, he goes into the wrong building. He thinks it's his building. <laughs> so he's oh, guy, yeah. Oh, shit. Kills the guy. <laughs> he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, then, and then I love the sequence where, where he blows up the police car. And he just looks at his gun like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, yeah. Now that's when you know. It's got, like you're blowing up cars with a pistol, you know. <laughs> where it's like, like, this can't be real. Even he's got that face like, this isn't. What is like, this? What is going on? But, I, you know, I think, you know, from... Direct, the director saying because a lot of people thought the this last act of the film all happens in his mind but the director said that that's I not believe. the case well the director said that's not the case it all happens it's just that it's a twisted version of what happened but it did mm-hmm. happen it's just that his mind he's adding things to it so like mm-hmm. he was shooting at the police officers it probably didn't blow up his mind saw the blow up but he was still shooting yeah. at police officers things like that um he calls his lawyer because he's realizing oh shit i'm going crazy and again wonderful performance by 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 christian bale you know mike what did you think of that whole sequence of just calling the, it's almost like a a a, a, a it was a confessional there yeah confessional or what's a monologue type thing you know, yeah oh like, no for sure i mean i think i tried using this monologue once in uh in acting school but um yeah it it really now paints a picture of his full self you know you think like oh you've only witnessed the murders that we've seen in the movie and now it's just like oh no he's going over and over and i've killed dozens and dozens and i you know this last week i just had to kill a lot of people <laughs> right <laughs> and um yeah and then, like the whole time you're just, you're seeing the helicopter in the back the flashlight looking for him and it's like okay this actually might be legit or still might be in his head mm-hmm. um but now it's yeah you're still stuck like now you feel like you're in you don't know if this is real or not mm-hmm. um if everything he's actually saying is true it's it's now we're in like a, a mudded muddled mm. uh, place where it's this now taking us out of mm-hmm. reality or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and and you know, he confesses all of this, but as if last act shows us, none of that matters. You know, it shows us a world where it's easier for people to kind of pretend that things like this didn't happen than to deal with it. You know, one of the best examples, he goes back to Alan's apartment, finds out it's all been cleaned up, everything's gone, and and the the woman selling it you almost get a sense that she knows what happened but yeah. guess what it's easier if i have to report to the police which means i have to take out this this apartment from off the market which means i can't sell it can't make any money you know what? it's easy to just sweep it under the table first time i watched it though i could have sworn i'm like maybe this all wasn't its head right maybe right this apartment never existed See, that's then, what like, i thought how would he know where to go mm-hmm. you know in the first place or what to look for and now looking back you know the reaction from that realtor yeah yeah face you, know, you can tell she, she does that trick question. Is like, did you see the ad in the Times? She's like, no. Yeah, yeah, the Times. She's like, there mm-hmm. was no ad in the Times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think you should go. I was like, what? Yeah, like, she, she, like, definitely she, she, knows. <laughs> she definitely knows. She knows. She definitely knows. She cleaned all of this up. And it's mm-hmm. like, you had something to do with it. Well, I just pull this yep. and make my money. You know, that's mm-hmm. uh, and it, that caught me for a surprise the second time around. Yeah. Right. And even, um, you know, when he confronts the lawyer in person, lawyers keeps calling him Marcus. You know, mm-hmm. you know, gives the wrong name. It made me realize it's not that it didn't happen; is that he's, uh, I'm assuming, the lawyer for the whole company. So yeah, to him, probably. everyone's the same person. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure 
He's also a lawyer. Again, for this kind of company, I'm sure he's a lawyer that's had to sweep a lot of things under the rug. So maybe he even knows. And he's like, well, if you don't tell me about it, I don't know about mm-hmm. it. It's like, no, you're Marcus. Yeah. You're Marcus hey, now. Everyone's Marcus. Yeah. I saw Marcus, Paul Allen in Paris. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of those things like it's a big conspiracy, right? You, all these big companies, you always you always hear things like that where CEOs or some people, employees, they get away with the craziest things. You know, if Donald Trump said, I can go down the street, shoot someone, no one would care. I can grab a woman by the pussy. Nobody cares. It's that archetype, that same mentality. Exactly that, yeah. And, and that archetype is created because it's not just the individual. It's the whole culture has been ignoring. Right. The whole entire culture surround it allows it to slip through. So that's why you get people like this happening. You know, I, I thought... I thought the ending, you know, was 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 really interesting. Sadie, I'll talk to you about that. Where the movie ends with him essentially getting away with everything. You know? Yeah, like like Mike said before, like I definitely thought this whole time that those things didn't happen. Like he was definitely going through a moment of psychosis, and his mind was literally on the verge to break. So maybe at the end of the movie, we're going to see him like commit these murders now. Um, but watching it, you actually know like, oh, wow, we just ripped the Band-Aid off and now it's about to overflow with, you know, all of the stuff that he could, you know, be doing because he basically just got away with this scot-free, um, mm-hmm. no consequences, um, like really no consequences, not even like a shred of remorse, like, do I feel bad for these victims? Did I did I leave them with no family or anything like that? There was no, con- like he saw no consequence for any mm-hmm. of the actions that he did. So he just, like, I think that reinforces the the type of people that we see now in this day and age i mean like they feel that they can do whatever they want look at the president that we have yeah so and and it's but i also gone sorry i was gonna say but also i think for patrick um you know the character he says at the very end is like this confession that's meant nothing Mm -hmm. and he doesn't even seem at first he seems very happy that it got away with it but also part of any serial killer is that they want recognition mm-hmm. um, they want to be known as this person who did all this stuff and i think even for himself he's all about you know entitlement and being uh, you know, all about status and the fact that now he's lost that that everything he's done he's he only knows about mm-hmm. and it's, it doesn't mean anything to anyone i will never be ca- get caught for that great there's no consequences but he also kind of maybe certainly wants consequences maybe Wasn't he, he a fan just of Ted wants Bundy? recognition wasn't he a fan of Ted Bundy earlier on? Sadistic. Yeah. Well, you were saying Mike hit the nail on the head. Like, you're right. Serial killers don't necessarily just do this because they don't want to, like, they don't want to get caught, but they also want to have, like, their name in there. They want to have, like, you know, the, the killer clown or, like, say, like whatever sort of recognition they're going to get, they need that. So to do all of this, you know, carnage and bloodshed and then to have everyone be, like, go about your business, like, it's kind of like, what? what was the point of that? Like, even yeah. for him, I don't think he's, like, feels bad about like taking lives he just feels bad about wasting his own time mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. selfishness kind of thing like he's like i just waste i could have been doing making money and i just murdered these people not because i just took these lives you know, which is kind of like the best part of that scene and i think both of you hit it perfectly you know i think when you look at the whole film as a whole and all the little pieces it's this guy who's in an environment where everyone's the same and he's trying his very best to stand out do I put a business card? Everyone has a business card. Mm-hmm. Do I want to get in good shape? Everyone looks good. Do I get a good suit? Everyone has a good suit. So his whole thing is that the only difference is that he's now a murderer and, get, and then he gets away with all, all of it, tries to tell everyone about it to confess. Yeah. Nobody not cares. Nobody listens. Nobody listens to you. Back you know, where he yeah, Exactly. You're just like everybody else. You don't stand out for good or bad. You're just like everybody else. And, you know, you'd think, you'd think they'd want to stand out by actually working, but nobody does any work. 
in those places. <laughs> nobody yeah, nobody does. does <laughs> like, Sadie, do you know what he does? Do you know what he, like, he actually does? Murders and accusations. Oh, yes. Acquisitions. Oh, he now, I'm, now, I put that on you. Now I got it. Yeah. Murders and accusations. Murders and accusations. You know, someone should have that joke. I'm going to be, fingers. that's what it's going to be forever. Mike, next time you, you dress up as him for Halloween, you have to have a business card that says murders and accusations. Accusations. And accusations. Not accusations. Yeah. Murders and acquisitions murders and executions yeah anyway that was the best part on that note um thank you mercedes thank you dave thank you rocket thank you rocket mike hey thank you thank you all for listening my name is english dave and this has been a back to the future on american psycho and hope you guys all have a happy halloween because that's why we did this movie and as always mercedes keep it nerdy keep it nerdy nerds happy halloween Peace. Happy Halloween. Bye, peace.